I break where we've been in Wayne County up into two categories. The first four years, very much the recovery years. And I think we've done a great job with recovery. Now we're in the cycle to try to rebuild Wayne County. We've got a lot of challenges, but we've come a long way. That was Warren Evans, the executive of the County of Wayne, delivering his state of the county speech last week. He talked about finances, he talked about foreclosures, and he talked about our future. And now he joins us here in studio to discuss what he talked to us about last week during that speech. Warren Evans, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen. Good to be here. Yes, uh, great to have you here. So uh, I thought that was a really interesting way to, to sum up where we are in Wayne County. You, you said we're, we're past the, the, the point of, of crisis and we're in a, in a different space now. Describe what that space is and how we got from crisis to here. Well, uh, the, the dedication of the team, I think, and uh, uh, a great recovery plan, I think, is what got us to where we are here at the end of the four years. But I think, you know, we are at a crossroads where, you know, we're, we're reasonably stable. Uh, and we've had four years of surpluses, four years of balanced budgets. Uh, and with that comes high expectations for let's spend it and do some some great things. And the point I was trying to make is that, you know, while we've come a long way from two point three billion dollars in unfunded liabilities to seven hundred million, we still got seven hundred million. And uh, and so uh, surpluses are designed to put against those unfunded liabilities to get us to 80 uh, percent funding. And that's going to probably take a decade. And people need to just kind of hold back and understand we still have challenges, but we're in a much better place. And it's hard sometimes to convince voters and taxpayers to be patient because part of the thing that has to go on when you're trying to to write the books is that the things that they would expect that that you would be doing sometimes get get pared back. Yeah, and and, and what what I would like them to understand, because I absolutely get it and I feel the same challenges, is that even during the last four years, our recovery was done with $100 million a year less than we had in 07 to work with. Uh, and so the challenge is even steeper. I mean, we got a lot of things done, uh, but because of Headley and Prop A, uh, the ability for property taxes to recover uh, to points where we have the operating money to do what we need to do just just hasn't happened. And it's not for the, for the next foreseeable future. You know... Uh Obviously, you, you've been focused on trying to limit the amount of money that goes to long-term liabilities and things like that, debt, restructuring debt. Is, is there a way to make more revenue available to, to county governments? Are there things that we should be talking and thinking about that would bring more money in the door? You, you are heavily dependent, of course, on property taxes, as all governments in Michigan really are. Are there other levers, though, that we should be talking about trying to pull to say, let's put government in a position where it has more money to solve more problems? Yeah, I think there are uh, uh, a number of of areas where that can happen. Uh, One is obviously the the slow recovery of the Prop A Headley uh, is an issue that makes sense. Uh, the other is, I mean, when you talk about roads and bridges for a minute and just the infrastructure, because, you know, we need money to do that. We receive what's known as uh, Act 51 dollars for roads. Uh, 
But I don't think people understand how that formula hurts places like Wayne County. Uh, we're funded for roads based on linear miles, uh, point A to point how B. Much, how much road do you have? Yeah. Right. But it does not take into consideration the number of lanes. And so a one-lane linear mile is funded the same as a four-lane linear mile, which to me is lunacy. I mean, <laughs> you know, I've got four lanes to resurface, and you give me the same amount of dollars that uh, that someone else with one lane gets, you know, wherever. And the rule applies to everybody, but mm-hmm. it just hurts us uh, a lot more. And then, you know, being the kind of uh, hub here in, in Michigan where we have the four sports teams and the international border and manufacturing the trucks who do significant damage to roads uh, also are not factored into the funding mechanism. So even if we got a big cash infusion tomorrow of money, it still wouldn't be adequate based on that funding formula to do what needs to be done. So that's an area. And, the, and I guess the third area is just, you know, revenue sharing, generally speaking, which is, you know, in my mind, our money, how much of our money do we get back? Do they send back <laughs> to you, right? And, uh, you know, how, how, is, uh, how, how does that work, uh, both in terms of how much comes back and how far in advance can you tell me what I'm going to get so I can build it into the budget? Yeah. Um, uh, so even with all of the things that you've been able to accomplish, we're still at about 61% of our pensions being funded here in Wayne County. That sounds low, but it's actually higher. It's it's better than it was, but that's, a, that's still a big gap, right? I mean, you, you want that to be in the 80s, uh, in the low 90s. How, how do we get there? Yeah, and the only way we get there, uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, we started at 45%, we're at 61% now. 80% is the bare minimum that's reasonable uh, to feel like you have a stable uh, retirement system. And so the way we get there is to manage effectively so that we have budget surpluses every year. And a lion's share of that budget surplus then goes against the unfunded liability. That's the only way we're going to get there. I mean, obviously, we make regular payments called ARC payments every year to the retirement fund. But this is over and above that. It's the only way we're ever going to shrink that. I think the formula is I gain one percentage point for every $14 million that I put back into the retirement that's fund. A lot I mean, of money. That's, yeah, that's almost $400 million. Uh, and it's going to take time to do that. And, you know, while I want people to hold me accountable for quality services. I just want people to also understand some of the dynamics uh, that cause us to have to work the way we do. My guest is Warren Evans. He is the Wayne County Executive, and we are talking about his speech last week, his State of the County speech, where he talked about the county's finances. He talked about the foreclosure crisis that continues to haunt us here in Southeast Michigan, and he talked about the future. What can we expect from county government now that it's not in fiscal crisis, uh, but it's still got a lot of challenges ahead of it. It's still got a lot of things that need to be fixed. If you want to join the conversation or have a question for the county executive, the number on the phones, as always, is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. Uh, and we will try to work you into the conversation. Uh, I, I want to uh, 
pivot just a, a bit here and talk about the JL project, which has been with us for now, it seems, from for a decade at least. I don't know if it's quite a decade, but it's been around a long time and we still don't have a jail. Uh, give us an update on where we are with that and whether we are going to see movement soon. Yes, you're seeing movement already, actually. Uh, uh, I don't know how you define construction, but the, uh, the lots have been leveled. All of the preparations Shovels going are going on. in the ground. Shovels <laughs> are going in the ground. Uh, uh, contracts and subcontracts are being let uh, to get uh, the work done, and so it is. Uh, uh, it is on track, uh, and I would hope that in the next couple of years, um, we'd be making uh, serious moves to move in and get rid of the the old buildings that have uh, are worn out. Yeah, no, I mean they're, they're in really they're in really awful shape. You know, I, I had a conversation with somebody recently who is is part of an effort to challenge. The way in which we are building this new jail, arguing that it, we don't need as many spaces for for inmates as as we do, that 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 it, our approach to criminal justice here in Southeast Michigan is putting too many people into jails uh, f- and leaving them there f- for for too long. I wonder how you how you view that that challenge to to the plans, and whether there are things that this group is raising that should be taken into consideration as we as we build it. Well, I, I think that's that's important. Question number two, uh, to me, has nothing to do with building this jail. Uh, you're restructuring uh, the criminal justice system. It certainly needs criminal justice reform. There certainly are a number of problems that I would join hand in hand uh, with this person about. Uh, but facts are a little off in the uh, the initial question, which is the the capacity. Uh, this uh, this jail is about uh, five, six hundred beds less than the accumulated total of the other three. Of jails. the other three jails that you're consolidating. So, so, so we have uh, reduced population, and we understand that. Uh, at least I understand, and, and the design understands that the only people who should be in custody are those who are a public safety risk. Uh, otherwise. Uh, and so we need to have outside and inside programs that help to uh, weed that out and provide, you know, some uh, constructive services along with some limited public safety uh, initiative rather than a person, uh, you know, actually being in the jail. Yeah. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313 1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation here. Let's start with James in Sumter. James, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, good morning. I heard uh, Executive Warren Evans speak Sunday at the Islamic Center of America, and, and I've often heard him talk about the, the dynamism that our immigrant population lends to Detroit, to Wayne County. You know, in stark contrast to the rhetoric that we're hearing from other places, from, from the White House that says, you know, immigrants are, are a, a, a detriment to America. And talk about what, what kind of gifts and, and talents and, and economic energy our immigrant population brings to Detroit and to Wayne County. Hmm. A great question, James. Thanks very much for the call. Uh, how, how do you reckon with that, uh, that discrepancy? <laughs> Well, it's uh, I, you know to me it's a it's an ongoing challenge for Wayne County. I mean, I think that you know Wayne County's a, a 
I might be a little biased, but great place to live <laughs> and a, a great place to work uh, because we have 43 uh, different and reasonably distinct communities. Um, but what we are really strong about is our diversity. And so uh, we always have to be on guard uh, about that. I mean, we have communities in Wayne County where parents are scared to send their children to school for fear of uh, uh, immigration-related problems. I mean, you think about that. Uh, how can kids be scared to go to school, whether it's Arab-American population or Hispanic population? Uh, they're all our citizens, and they're all part of the, the fiber of this county, and I just see it as part of my job to at least speak to those issues that are important to speak to and obviously act on those issues that are in my domain to act. Um, do, do you um, do you feel like the national approach to this makes it more difficult for local government officials like yourself to, to do the things that you might want to do, or are they really separate uh, dimensions. Uh, they're not totally separate dimensions. I mean, to some extent they are, but I mean, I think the onus is on uh, people like me uh, and others to push back against the rhetoric because what the rhetoric does is empower people on the margins to do stupid things. And that's dangerous. Uh, it just is. I mean, I've, I've always felt that the more chatter you hear from uh, just about any area is based on the lack of substance from that area. People don't have quite so much chatter when they take a few minutes to try to look at both sides of a picture uh, and think through it. Uh, but those who feel very comfortable when there's no national pushback uh, to tragic incidents, uh, to me, makes you complicit mm -hmm. in the problem. And so Wayne County, which is the most diverse county in Michigan, you know, it's a constant job for us to push back against those ideas and try to do the things that are necessary to make the compelling case for the value added that we get uh, from our diversity, not the, uh, you know, the stereotypical foolishness. Uh, again, James, thanks for the call. And the questions, let's go to Sharifa on the west side of Detroit. Sharifa, what's on your mind? Uh, I'd like to know, what is the role of Wayne County Land Bank, and what is their jurisdiction? Great question. Uh, yeah, great question. Uh, the role of the land bank should be to try to aggregate uh, property and and put it back into public use on the tax rolls, because we, you know, we, we live off property taxes. So the idea of having land sitting around not being used is 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 not something that you know, that we, that should be happening. And the jurisdiction is anywhere in Wayne County. If, uh, if properties uh, are foreclosed upon and every city gets a first right of refusal on those properties, I mean, they have first uh, opportunity to try to take those properties if they weren't sold at auction. Uh, and if they do not, then the county has an opportunity to... Uh, uh, take into the land bank uh, those properties after they've been passed on by others. Um, th there was a story in the Free Press uh, recently about a program that that the county was, was endeavoring to try to keep more people in their houses. It was a really, I, I thought, a complicated story about how intentions sometimes are good, but that execution sometimes doesn't doesn't quite follow up with that. I wonder what your reaction was to, to that story and, and what your assessment is 
of that program? Well, the reaction is to go back and do a little more homework. I mean, that was a pretty uh, well-researched story. Uh, and obviously, uh, well, I don't say obviously, my whole idea of being involved in a land bank is to try to keep people in their homes uh, and try to get the homes back on the tax rolls and to make sure that when people uh, buy the homes that they put investment back in the homes to upgrade the homes. So <laughs> the the motive is pure. Yeah. Uh, the execution, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think we're on solid ground. I mean, I think uh, from our data, 75% of the people who were in homes uh, when our program, which was called Action Before Auction, uh, got involved in them, were actually helped. I mean, either able to buy the house, uh, able to rent the house, or were given professional help in relocation if for some reason that didn't happen. And I can document that over $5 million was put in restoring uh, uh, these homes. But this is such a, a, a sensitive issue, sensitive in, in the sense that I totally understand with most people, their home is the biggest investment they'll ever have in life. Uh, and foreclosed homes, and that whole process is, you know, something that's extremely difficult. So I guess my short answer to a long question is we're looking and reevaluating the program, if it's not meeting the goals that we wanted to uh, wanted to meet, you know, then we'll turn in another direction. But I think the main thing is the whole process is flawed, which creates the need for these programs in the first place. Yeah, I mean, one of the things uh, uh, when I was sheriff many many years ago, uh, at the beginning of the foreclosure crisis, I stopped foreclosures for no really good reason other than look. They're coming in like crazy. We need to, to do something here. Let me halt this for a minute so we can kind of sift out what happened. And, of course, everybody in the free world sued me and eventually had to start uh, the foreclosure process again. But the, the point of it is I still have people come up to me this many years later thanking me profusely for giving them enough time for them to get their act together so that they didn't lose their houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that, that, that whole foreclosure process and the blight that comes as a result of it, this is early. This is before foreclosure sales. Now, this is after the mortgage company takes your house on a mortgage foreclosure and force you out of the house, which in an urban environment is the biggest mess that could occur. Take the house if you got to, but why are you displacing the, the homeowner? As soon as the homeowner leaves, the scavengers come in to take the furnace, the hot water tank, you know, the plumbing, and you start the whole blight process, which, you know, hurts an entire neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, what do you make, though, of, the, of the, the, the information in this story in the free press that, that suggests that uh, this program in some instances is helping developers, people of means, make money off of tax foreclosed properties, which, which – is not the point of the program, but but seems to be an an undesirable, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, an undesirable effect of, of of what they're doing. I mean, uh, this idea that that the poor lose their houses and somebody else makes money, I can't imagine that that sits well. No, it it you can, but the 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 reality also is, you know, the idea of the program is to get away from the speculators that you have at auctions that will come and buy a piece of property, put a renter in a home, let the renter pay rent. The, the renter has no idea that 
that that person's not continuing to pay the property taxes and let the property go back after X number of years. I mean, these companies that are buying the homes, we do the best we can to make sure that they don't just lose money. I mean, these are these are folks that are in business too. I mean, they're not, you know, they're not charitable contributions. Uh, but we're trying to make sure that they aren't uh, unjustly enriched in the process, uh, that there's some balance between them making enough money to continue the program and enough relief being given to, uh, you know, folks that it is of value to them. And it's something that's, uh, it's complicated. I mean, we're still looking at it. I, uh, you know, I know we went into it for all the right reasons, and my data suggests it's more helpful than hurtful. But that doesn't mean that wherever there's some hurt, we need to reevaluate yeah. and make sure it's working right. Yeah, I want to take another quick call here. Ted in Detroit. Hey, Ted, what's on your mind? Well, thank you for taking my call, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just uh, a little puzzled by the numbers. I mean, uh, we work in the field. I won't get into where we work, but I, I have yet to find anyone, anyone, He's been able to stay in their home other than a, than a handful uh, on this action before auction program. I mean, it's designed not to keep people there. It's designed to produce incentives for the investors to kick people out. Uh, there's a provision there that they can charge the full mortgage amount if somebody had a mortgage. Now, why would an investor be able to charge the full mortgage amount when the, when the home buyer who was there is still going to have to pay that to the mortgage company? That's just one example. Uh, this does not look like a program that uh, uh, they would have to be incredibly naive to think that charging people $5,000 in addition to their taxes when they couldn't even pay the taxes and they have to pay that within five months is a program designed to keep anyone in their home. So I hmm. I just don't understand how, they, how there could be any analysis of it, which would come up with this, these kinds of numbers that we're hearing. Hmm. Uh, Ted, Thanks. I really appreciate uh, that question, Ted, of course. Uh, runs United Community Housing Coalition and works in this space. Uh, how do you answer that? Well, my answer would be, obviously, the numbers that I have I'm looking at are not the same ones that Tad's looking at. And so we ought to sit down at a table and, and try to understand uh, his point. Obviously, if if my analysis was the same as his, we wouldn't be having this discussion. Uh, I don't run the program, but I'm responsible for it. Uh, and so... Uh, probably like to know more about uh, uh, what he's talking about and, and uh, have our people have some dialogue about it. Be happy to do that if that's something he wants to do. Okay. Warren Evans, Wayne County Executive. Always great to have you here to catch up on Detroit Today. Thanks, Stephen. Good to be here. All right. Up next, it is opposite day here on Detroit Today when we invite somebody into the studio who sees the world a little differently than I do. We're going to talk with Republican political consultant Wayne Bradley about the latest political news. Also, don't forget, if you have to miss any of today's show, you don't have to miss out on the conversation. You can go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts, download and subscribe to Detroit Today. Take us with you and listen when you are ready. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Detroit Today.